you will, to 2 Kings. Take your Bibles, nothing on the screen today. Use your own Bible. Come on, say amen. Take your phone out. Take out your tablet. Do something. Somebody shout fight. Somebody shout fight. We are in the fight of our life series. And those of you that know for real, as a matter of fact, some of you who have given your lives to Jesus Christ have realized that since you did that, you are in a fight. Come on, say amen. We got one such member here today who just told me, he said, Pastor, what killed your friend, what killed your friend should have killed me a few days ago. Sister Starkeisha, wave your hand. Sister Starkeisha joined our church a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago, and the next day she was in the hospital for a pulmonary embolism. And what I am coming to realize is that this thing is real. Satan, it's, he gets so upset. He gets so desperate when he sees folk trying to make changes. I'm telling you, you make one slight change. It can be, it can be the smallest change in your life. But if you move forward, somebody shout forward. If you move forward, Satan is coming for you. But I love what the scripture says. The scripture says that the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Amen. We're not afraid of him. I'm going to say that one more time. We're not afraid of Satan. I'm not. A, I ain't scared of him. I said, I ain't scared of him. I've been I've had phone calls where folks have said, Pastor, come to my house. There are demons in here. And I go and I'm not terrified by devils because the Bible tells me that I can tread upon devils. That the devil is under my foot. And this is not a pastoral thing. This is a Jesus thing. Oh, y'all not here. When you got Jesus inside of you, the Bible says if you just mention his name, demons get scared. Come on, say amen. We are not afraid of Satan. We respect him. We realize he's more powerful than us. But we also know that greater is he. Come on, talk to me, Bible folk. That is in us than he that is what, everybody? He that is in the world. Praise God. We celebrate that today. I want to I deal with a subject today, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 5. Grab your phone, grab your iPad, grab your, your tablet, whatever you have. And let's go to 2 Kings chapter 5. And I just want to preach briefly on the subject, whatever it takes. Somebody say, whatever it takes. Come on, somebody say, whatever it takes. Now look at your neighbor beside you and, and, and give them an encouraging word and say, whatever it takes. Tell them whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, 2 Kings 5, 2 Kings 5, verse 1. And I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. When you have found it, somebody shout, I got it. If you're on your way, say, I'm on my way. If you're just sitting here looking at me, say, I ought to be ashamed of myself. Find the Bible something. I mean, listen, if you don't got the Bible app on your phone, my Lord, come on now. Listen, you got games on there, but you don't got the Bible on there. There go your problem right there. Come on, say amen. 2 Kings chapter 5, 2 Kings 5 and verse 1. Uh, if you're ready, shout, I'm ready. Oh, here we go. The Bible says, uh, now Naaman, Naaman, Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. The Bible says he was great in the sight of his master and highly regarded. Highly regarded. They thought well of him. He was popular. He was special. And this is why the Bible says, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The Bible goes on to say he was valiant. Somebody shout valiant. Was a valiant soldier. But here goes the but. Watch this, y'all. But he had leprosy. I heard one preacher say, all of us got a but. Everybody's got a butt. 
Some of y'all minds can't even handle what I just said. You're just so perverted. You No, everybody has a but in their life. You have, you have the good, but you got the bad. Can I get a witness in here? I don't care what you look like right now. The bottom line is there is some contradiction in your life. You are experiencing something in your life right now that does not look like what you look like right now. And church is a great place for people to hide. Because you can get dressed up, you can look cute, you can look special, but the truth of the matter is the Bible says Naaman had a but. The Bible says he was the man, but he had leprosy. The Bible says in verse 2, now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. Verse 3, she said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria he would cure him of his leprosy. Are y'all still with me this morning? Uh, Verse 4 says, Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. Five, by all means, go, the king Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, watch this, y'all, taking with him 10 talents of silver. He, He bringing some bling. He bringing some cold cash right here. The Bible says uh, 6,000 shekels, he had bank, come on, say amen, of gold and 10 sets of clothing. (laughs) The boy has leprosy, but he's concerned about how he looks. 10 outfits, Lord have mercy. The Bible goes on to say, it says in verse 6, the letter that he took to the king of Israel read this. It says, with this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. Verse 7, somebody shout verse 7. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Uh, Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow, talking about Naaman, uh, or the king rather, uh, of Aram, send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel or a fight with me. Verse 8 says, When Elisha, the man of God, here's where the story gets good, y'all heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes. He sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me. And he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. Verse 9, so Naaman went with his horses and his chariots, his entourage, and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Verse 10 says, Elisha sent a messenger Uh, to say to him, go wash yourself, watch this y'all, seven times, somebody shout seven times, in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. And this is what I want to preach on right here, right here, right here, right here, right here. Get your eyeballs on this text right here. The Bible says that the man of God gave him a solution to his problem and look at the reaction of Naaman. The Bible says, but Naaman went away angry. And said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not, are not Abana and Farfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Uh, again, I want to share with you the subject today. Uh, whatever, whatever it takes. I want to talk to you just for a minute um, 
one of the things that I'm observing is, for most of us in here, the, the greatest battle that you are fighting, as we have tried to clarify this over and over again, is a battle with yourself. If I'm honest with you today, there, there's really nobody standing in the way of me and what God has for me. There's, there's nobody. It's not my haters. Everybody's talking about their haters now. Everybody got haters. Some of y'all don't have no haters. Y'all not doing enough to create a situation or a scenario where you got haters. Everybody claims. But, but I'll go with it. You got haters. You got enemies. You got folks that don't like you. You don't have any money. You're overweight or you're too skinny or you're too black or you're too white or whatever, you know, whatever it is. We, uh, the truth of the matter is, is some of us, some of us, myself included, I'm going to be honest, I have made so many excuses in my life that if I'm honest with you, they're not reality. It's not reality. I heard one person say that fear is basically a whole idea of, of just assuming that there's something out there and it's just not really there. It's illogical. We just make too many excuses and we do all this in the face of a God whom the Bible says has unlimited He's unlimited in his possibilities. As a matter of fact, the Bible actually says, uh, asks the question, is there really anything too hard for God? So let's just agree right now. Let's just tell the truth. Let's be honest. Let's stop faking. Let's stop making excuses. The only thing standing in the way between me, you, and anybody else in here who's trying to go to another place in God, who wants to move in their finances, who wants to stretch in their health, who wants to do better with their family, it's not your wife, it's not your children. Come on, y'all. Y'all not even talking to me now. This is... This is the real deal. It ain't nobody but you. Amen. Okay. All right. No, I, didn't, I, I prepared for no amens on that. I'm going to say it again. Stop, stop running your mouth. Stop creating imaginary obstacles in your life. The obstacle that's really holding you back ain't even the devil. How about that? <laughs> Listen, uh, everybody blames everything on the devil all the time. But the truth of the matter is, is even the devil, even the devil has limitations. As a matter of fact, the devil can't even bother you unless God gives him permission to. Do you realize that? Everything that the devil has done in your life. So let's, let's, let's blame some stuff on him. Everything the devil has done in your life, the only reason that he did it is because God allowed him to. So let's really assign blame where it belongs. God's responsible. God's responsible. God could have stopped it. What's wrong with what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? Could not God have stopped it? My friend that just died, he could, God, his, his wife prayed that the Lord would deliver him, and he did not. So if the devil got him sick, then God could have made him unsick. God could have stopped it. And so, again, what I want us to do in order to appreciate what God is trying to say to us today is, is if, in fact, there is more for you in life, if there is more, how many believe that? Let's just agree on that. How many believe that there is more? That, that you ought to be doing more. Oh, come on, come on. You're not living up to your potential. Why is it so hard to get an amen today? You make more excuses than you make commitments. Amen. You make more promises than you actually come through. That in fact, be honest with yourself that I'm really not where I'm supposed to be. Now, it's easy for me to compare myself to other people and make it look like I'm where I'm supposed to be. But I, when I get alone with God, okay, y'all don't want to agree. I'll talk about the pastor. When I get alone with God, I'm just being honest with you. I know, and God is moving in my life. Yes, God's using me. He's doing things. But let me be honest so you can be honest. If I'm honest with you today, I'm my own worst enemy. My excuses 
my insecurities, my past, my decisions, my mouth, <laughs> my mouth, my mouth, my attitude, my attitude. My sins. Come on, come on. Yeah. My secret stuff. Yeah. No, nobody's here. Just me and you, all right? Just pretend it's just me and you. Real talk. Who's your problem? Don't lie. It ain't your ex-husband. It ain't your kids. It ain't the church. It ain't the pastor. It ain't them. It ain't the devil. Real talk. It's me. Come on now. Come on. Real talk. Come on, y'all. It's me. It is I. I am the only one standing in the way of what I've been and what God has. And I just need somebody in here today to help me to say enough is enough. Enough is enough. I'm tired of making excuses for myself. I'm tired of lying to myself, saying that I have all these issues. And, when I, and if I'm honest, if I look at other people, they've got more issues than I do. And they have gone more places than I've gone. So if I'm honest today, I need to shut my mouth. I need to stop complaining. I, oh, God. I need to stop binding myself in imaginary chains about what I cannot do and why I cannot do it. And I simply just need to own this. I need to own that I am the problem. Reason why I'm not in the, reason why I'm not in the word, it ain't my job. It's me. Reason why I'm mean to my wife and kids Ain't my kids. I made that choice. Reason why I'm having an affair right now, it ain't no, it ain't no, no don't blame that on your spouse. You're doing that. Reason why you're sick is because you won't take care of your body. You won't even go see a doctor. Come on, y'all. Let's talk decisions today. Come on, y'all. Let's talk. Come on now. I, I, listen, I, don't worry. We're going to have something to shout about in a minute. But we got to own some stuff before we can appreciate what God's got to say. We've got to own right now that everybody on the planet basically falls in one or two categories. The first category is things happen to them. The other category is, is they happen to things. Y'all not hearing me now. I choose to think differently. I don't see myself, this is what I'm saying to you, I don't see myself as a victim. I don't see myself as a result of other people's bad decisions. How many can testify right now that some folks have made some decisions, have hurt you, have put you in unfavorable circumstances? We got some dysfunctional family stuff. Some of us have issues in our marriage and couldn't really stay in the marriage because we had a family that had, that had generations of broken marriages. I mean, come on, let's just be fair. You really don't know how to be a husband because you ain't never really seen one. You don't really know how to be a wife because you never really see. Come on, am I being honest today? I mean, there are some, I, I, I will give you that. I will give you that there are some things that were handed to us that created an environment of dysfunction, that created an environment whereby nobody would blame you if you made excuses for the way your life is. But when you came in contact with God, all that changed. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. It changes. When I came in contact with God, my situation changed. My thoughts changed. My expectations changed. I now realize that there's nothing in the world. As a matter of fact, let me tell you this. 
that there's only one thing God can't do. You know what God can't do? God can't make you do nothing. Man, he can speak worlds into existence. This, I mean, God can create ecological systems with his mouth. He can create the immune system with his hands. He can create the world in six days, rest on seven, and then go back holding the universe in its place. The sun doesn't move too far to the left or to the right. While he's doing that, he's answering your prayer. While he's doing that, he's hearing prayers of folks in China. While he's doing that, he's hearing the prayers of folks in Africa. Simultaneously, he's holding, God Almighty, he's holding my life together. When my life's falling apart, and if that ain't good enough, he's holding the whole universe to... The song said back in the day, where my church folk at, BBS, he got the whole world in his hands. He got the whole wide world in his hands. And check this out, even with all that power, even with all that sovereignty, even with all that ability, one thing God can't do, he can't make you do nothing. You got to decide. We come to church today, we come to get a reality check. It ain't nobody's fault but mine. If I'm going to move, hallelujah, how many want to move in God? How many don't just like the idea of it? I preached that a few weeks ago. Some of us like the idea of change, but we don't like the process of change. Oh, pray with your boy now. I just said something right there. Some of you love the idea of getting closer to God, but you have no intentions of making the decisions necessary. Help me, Lord, of making the decisions necessary to move closer in God. You like the idea of being close to God, but you don't like the process. Some of y'all see, oh, I'm, everybody's talking, I'm going to the next level. No, you're not. You're not going, you've never gone to the next level. Now, has there been a God in your life pushing you to the next level? So why haven't you gone? It's you. Sorry, if you came here for the truth today, let's deal with it. I'm preaching to me too. If I need to go from here to there, who needs to take the first step? And let me tell you something. Can I, can I just praise God on this real quick before I just look into this text? Man, one of the things, the amazing things about God is God will not leave you hanging. If you take one step toward God, he sends all of the power that he uses to maintain the universe and he injects it to your decision. You know, there's somebody here today, you need to be baptized. You will be baptized, but you have got to stop making excuses saying that I got to get my life together. I keep telling y'all, that's one of the biggest lies that Satan tells. If you can get your life together, then we need to be worshiping you. We need to be praising you. We need to be bowing down to you. The whole way that Christianity and spirituality in Jesus works is I take my nasty self to God just as I am. Isn't that what the hymn said? Just as I am, broken, messed up, confused, don't know what my next move's going to be, really feel like I'm going to fail in the next couple of days, talk to me, y'all. Really feel like I'm going to blow it even though I make the decision. But even in that condition, my God is so big. My God is so great. I've seen him take folk in the worst circumstances. And when they make up their mind that for God they'll live and for God they'll die. And they say whatever it takes. How hungry are you? I used to try to persuade people, give your life to Jesus Christ. I, I mean, like, yeah, I kind of will now. Like, yeah, I, you know. But you look, at some point, you got to learn that some people are just not ready to change. That's real. That's real. 
Now, you ain't hit rock bottom yet. Anybody in the drug culture know what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about spiritually. You will not call on God until you come to an end of everything that makes you who you are. Translation, God's got to bust you down on your face before you will learn to look up and call on his name. And the reason why you haven't moved in God, you ain't humble enough. The reason why you ain't moved in God, you ain't falling low enough. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? But if you find yourself in a dark place, if you find yourself at the bottom, I've been there. Anybody there right now, you will learn how to pray. Everybody's an atheist until they get in trouble. I've seen folks that don't even believe in God say, oh, my God, when life starts getting busy in their life. I'm telling you right now that the change you want won't come until you humble yourself. What's name it? What's this? Let me let me let me show you. Now, let's go. So the Bible says you have a guy named Naaman. Say Naaman, y'all. Now, listen to what I'm about to say. This is going to blow your mind. Naaman is a war hero. I'm trying to even think of somebody to compare him to. I can't really compare him to Colin Powell because Colin Powell, although was a soldier, by the time he reached the top, Colin really didn't fight. He just strategized. In those days, if you were a war hero, you were not only strategizing, but you were fighting. So let me me help you out now. The reason why he is well thought of, the reason why he 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 is next to the king, when Naaman walks in a room, people take note. People want to take selfies with him. People want his autograph. People want to know who he knows. They'll feel special if they know somebody that knows Naaman. He is a hero. He has saved lives. He has literally saved the existence of his entire country. He's a bad man. And he can fight. He fought his way to the top. His hands, his skills, his guerrilla warfare tactics... His, his reconnaissance missions have, have promoted him now to a place where he's highly regarded. When people say Naaman's name, people respect that. People rise when he walks into a room. He is the man. But the Bible says, with all of that, and the people think well of him, under his armor, for some time now, he has been containing a secret. He has the worst disease that anybody could have. The only thing I can think of that's like comparable to like leprosy back then, a disease now would be HIV AIDS. It's the only thing. The reason why is, watch this y'all, there are two reasons why leprosy was, was the most terrifying disease that one could get in those days is because number one, if you had leprosy, people assumed that you got leprosy because you had sinned. So in other words, leprosy was a sign basically that this guy and God are not on the same page. He, he did something to get this. We do that all the time. We look at people's like, oh, come on, y'all, y'all act like y'all don't judge people. Sometimes y'all look at somebody and you'll make a judgment. You, you'll see a girl who's pregnant. You'll assume she was a hoe. But the truth of the matter is maybe she got raped. You don't know. Right? And then, and then, but you're so, you so bad, you'll say, well, why did she get raped? Look, let me help you out right now. First, you need to mind your business. And you need to figure out, you need to figure out why you haven't gone to the next level. You need to, you need to discern why you haven't moved in God. I know I'm saying something right now. See, many of us look at folk and we make assessments about them based on our abilities. But the Bible says this. It says man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Uh, in other words, you don't even have the ability to be able to determine my destination. You, you don't even, you're not even qualified to be able to make an assessment about who I am. You don't even know me. First, I don't even know myself. Come on here, somebody. The only person that can look at my life and be able to make correct judgment. Thank God. How many praise God on this? 
about where I'm going, what I've done, and who I am. His name is Jesus. He's the one that makes what he says matters. Well, the truth of the matter is, Naaman was hiding something. And it had gotten to a place now where his disease could no longer be hid. So number one, the reason why leprosy was so bad is because people saw it and said that God is mad at him. The second thing is, is that leprosy was incurable. Somebody say incurable. Incurable. You know, uh, basically, if you got leprosy, you had a death sentence. If you got leprosy, you were going to die. So the bottom line is this, is his situation is so bad. Watch this, y'all. He is the most powerful man in the country. When he says stuff, people respond. He is not a failure by any stretch of the imagination. He is strong. He is wise. And the reason why he's so popular, the reason why people respect him, is because of what he has done with his life. But now he's in a position where he's got some problems in his life that he can't do nothing about. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you are good parent. You're good wife. But you got something in your life you can't manage. Everybody, <laughs> everybody has problems. That was the deepest thing I said this entire day. Listen, we look at people, we see the car they drive, we see the house they live in, and we assume they don't have no problems. But the very people that give you problems have problems. If there's anything that we all have in common, one thing is this, we all got problems. And we got problems we don't want nobody to know about. We, oh, hear me now. We got problems that we cannot fix. We've got stuff in our lives that's bad and unmanageable. It's the stuff that you don't talk about when you come to church because you don't want nobody to think that you are an unmanageable person and, and that your life is out of control. But I'm going to help you today. I'm a pastor. I'm ordained. I got a master's. I got a doctorate. But I got some stuff in my life that I have no control over. I've got problems in my life I can't manage. Yes, I said it. I've got things in my life that my own efforts, my own skill can't deal with. You know why? It's supernatural. It's bigger than me. If I could fix it, I could. Anybody bump your head long enough and you realize this thing is a God thing. Only God can do something about this. This experience, Lord help me God. This experience I'm going through in my life is not an experience that the arm of flesh can deal with. Only God. Thank you, God. Have I got any help out here today? Do you have that problem? And you see it every day. You live with it. You go to sleep with it. It's in your kitchen, Lord Jesus. But bless your heart today. How many know when you came in contact with God, you automatically became a victor even before you realized you weren't a victim? Anybody got problems? Jay-Z said, I got 99. Come on, say amen. I got more than 99. And be honest, I got one that's worth 99. Anybody got one? Y'all being too sophisticated. Somebody stand up and sit down and say, I'm with you, Pastor. I feel you. Somebody talk. Do you got some real stuff? I'm, listen, I'm talking about the stuff that you can't talk to nobody about. I'm talking about that stuff that plagues you in the midnight hour. I'm, like Naaman had to hide his stuff. But after a while, can I tell you, it gets to a point where your problem gets so big, you can't hide it no more. You start crying at work and you don't even know why. You have an attitude and you don't know why. You're frustrated and you don't know why. 
Anybody feel me? But sometimes you got to check yourself and say, Lord, what's wrong with me? And the truth of the matter is your problem is driving you crazy. But I need you to turn your eyes from your problem and look at your solution. And watch this, y'all. According to the text, the solution is already in your house. Watch this. The Bible says Naaman has leprosy. He's going to die. He can't do nothing about it. Then the scripture says that his slave. His slave says, I, I can't take it no more. Uh, Mr. Naaman, may I speak? Go ahead. What do you have to say? I don't mean to offend you. I, I'm, not, I'm not claiming I know more than you, and I, I even appreciate you giving me this opportunity to say something. But I know somebody. I know somebody. You no, know, I know, Mr. Mr. Naaman, there's a prophet when I, before you stole me from my family. Now, let me pause here and say this. Uh, she should have kept that if she was like many of us. See, some of y'all, when folk are mean to you, when folk do you dirty, I mean, he enslaved her. But when you got the Holy Ghost in you, you know how to even love your enemies. You'll bless those that curse you. Oh, y'all ain't, y'all ain't, y'all, I know, y'all, no, 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 no. Anybody need that kind of God in your life where you can look at folk that messed over you and say, I prayed for you and mean it. Come on and say amen. See, some of you say it, but you don't mean it. Real talk. Watch this now. The little girl is enslaved by Naaman, but because God is inside of her, that means that God is inside of Naaman's house. Naaman doesn't realize it, but the thing that he least expects is the solution to his problem, a slave girl that knows a prophet. She says, I know a prophet that can do some stuff for you. The Bible says that, that, Naaman, that Naaman had gotten so desperate now, this is how you know that you're really desperate. When you start taking advice and taking help from people that can't do nothing for you. Now, I want you to see how God is working in Naaman's life. Naaman is used to doing everything on his own. But when you get a real problem, you'll need some folk to help push you to the solution to your problem. Let me say this right now. 99% of your problem is who you associate with. Listen, some of y'all would stop drinking if you hung with folk who didn't. Some of you would stop lying and talking about everybody if you start start hanging with some folk who didn't do that. Some of you would make good grades in school. If you stop hanging with wannabe thugs and start hanging with wannabe CEOs, I don't know. I mean, I mean, for real. I mean, I, I'm trying to tell you right now, the difference between those that sometimes move in God and those that do not are typically those who, though, who make the decision to include people in their lives that have influence over them. Who influences you? Thank God he let this girl say there's a prophet. Long short story, the Bible says that Naaman goes. Now watch what he does. And this is what most of us do when we need something from God. This is what most of us do when we need something from God. You know what Naaman did? Naaman, he packed up his entourage. I want you to see this now. I I, I see like Secret Service guys, you know what I'm saying, with them things in their ears. I see the black suits and the black ties. I see like the the Chevy Suburbans, the Escalades. I see the whole entourage. I see him getting out of his palatial mansion, and I see him with his $1,500 shoes, Tom Ford shoes, and his $4,000 suit with a spread collar. 
his shades on, but he still got leprosy. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And the Bible says he brought buku money, like millions of dollars, and he brought 10 different outfits. He, he needed to change, like, like, I'm trying to figure out, bruh, you have leprosy. Why are you worried about what outfit you got on? You know why? Because he ain't humble enough yet. And the healing that God wants in your life is not going to come until you get humble enough. So he's got his suits. He's got his entourage. I mean, they tuck him in the car. He's a wanted man. He gets in the entourage, several spread black tinted window escalades are on their way from Samaria to um, from 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 Aram to Samaria. And he's going not to the prophet. The text says the woman said, go see the prophet. But he says, I'm going to see the king. See, some of y'all too good for your blessing. Some of y'all want to be healed and look good at the same time. That's what I'm trying to say. What I've discovered is in order for God to really heal you of the stuff that's bothering you, he got to humiliate you simultaneously. That's why you have not moved yet. You've not moved because you're too worried about image. You're too worried about what people will think. Reason why you ain't walked down this aisle since we started five weeks ago has nothing to do with whether you're convicted or not. You are convicted. You know you need to join the church. You know you need to start all over with Jesus and baptism, but you ain't come because you want, want people to think that you got it all together. You want people to think that you ain't really as bad as you say you are. Look, I had to get to a point now where I don't care what y'all think about me. I almost said something I should have. I wanted to say it as strong as I could. I don't care what you think did I say it clearly enough you ain't sending me to heaven you ain't sending me to hell you ain't paying my bills at least do that come on say amen you don't put food on my table you don't put clothes on my back you didn't heal me when I prayed you didn't deliver me when I got caught up you weren't there for me when I was the preacher watching pornography four and five times a day. And I got so caught up in it that I had no way out. But when I called on the name of one that is able, somebody say he's able. Y'all playing, somebody say he's able. I don't want to hear what you've got to say unless you're connected to the one that I pray to. But Naaman is so concerned. Listen, and I'm not just talking about salvation. Some of you are, you're, you're a mean person. You're very mean. Some of you are procrastinators. Let's just cover all the territory. Some of you lie habitually. And you lie about stuff you don't have to lie about. Some of you make promises to God, and as soon as you get around your friends, you break the promises because you don't want to look like lame sucker in front of your friends. You're so weak. When you going to grow up? When you going to get some, some, like the Jews say, some chutzpah in you? Some courage, some intestinal fortitude that says whatever it takes. Naaman got ten outfits. Okay, everybody else saw him in the suits. I'm talking to all my young friends. He had J's on. KD's. Uh, and all, he had all that stuff on. And guess what? He got leprosy. How stupid do we look? Come on now. I couldn't think of another word. How dumb do we look when we're trying to put on all this stuff to make ourselves look better than we are? And let's just be real, y'all. We know we messed up. 
I never get amens when I say that. It's all right to praise the Lord that you messed up. You know why? Because God is attracted to messed up people. God is attracted to weakness. Oh, see, y'all, y'all done missed it. So y'all think church is for good people. The devil is a lie. Church is for church is for fools. Church is for idiots. Church is for people who do dumb stuff. Lord have mercy. Why are y'all so scared to admit you've done some dumb stuff? God help me to get a real church for one Sabbath that will just acknowledge, Pastor, you preach it. You preach it all up in my pew. The reason why I can't talk back to you is because I'm scared to admit that I am as dumb as you say I am. I do stupid stuff, but how many thank God that in spite of a dumb stuff, how many know that he'll have mercy? Oh, y'all think I'm just trying to mess with your emotions. Real talk, folks that don't even know how to shout. Talk to me right now. Has God not rescued you when you did dumb stuff? I don't know what I have to do to get folks to be honest. Anybody made up your mind, I'm about to do this dumb thing, and you did it, and you failed just like you knew you would, but even in spite of that, God didn't throw you away. Praise the Lord, saints. God bless you. How you doing, brother? All is well. You lying. You got leprosy. Look, your boy Naaman is riding in his escalades, but in his escalade is death. He looked like he living, but he dying because he just wants people to think that all is well. God, help us to be free from the opinions of other people. God, raise up one person in here today, one who has learned to stop caring about what people think and start worrying about what God thinks. Well, let me take my seat. Watch what happens here. Watch what happens. The Bible says that Naaman goes. His ego is still big. He done changed outfits seven times already. And he looks for the king instead of the prophet. When he gets to the king, the king is like, hold on, why are you coming to me? I mean, he got scared. What he really thought, watch this, y'all. He thought that it was the other king trying to start a fight by asking him to do something that he knew he couldn't do. So the king of Israel got scared and was like, hold on now. Man, you're trying to play me. You, I ain't God. I can't, I can't heal nobody. I, and, and then the Bible says when he tore his robes, that Elisha heard about it. Oh, I'm feeling all right now. Ah, uh, Lord have mercy. The Bible says that Elisha said, uh, King, calm down. Send that man over to me. Now watch this. He starts off trying to go to the king. The king don't want to have nothing to do with him. So now he's got to go see a jack leg storefront preacher. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, yes, let me see if my Cleveland folk know what I'm talking about when I say this. Who lives down the way. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about when I say down the way? Yes. I mean, Elisha lived in the projects. <laughs> and, and this rich guy has to go to a poor prophet to get healing. And he mad. Watch this. The Bible says when he gets to Elisha that Elisha won't even come out. (laughs) 
Your boy Elisha is on like he's in apartment 5042B. Y'all ain't never been to projects before. He got government cheese in there. Make the best grilled cheese in the world. Come on, say amen. He got beans that just says beans and USDA on there. Y'all not hearing me now. He don't got no money. His EBT card is laying on the table. Wick is on the way. And watch this now. The Bible says that this powerful hero has to come to this jack-legged preacher. And the Bible says that Elisha won't even come out and greet him. This is what Elisha does. Elisha's sitting there making him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And the Bible says while he's, while he's spreading the peanut butter and jelly, they say, uh, uh, Elisha, um, uh, man, name him. The war hero. This man is bad. Man, him and his entourage and his 10 outfits is waiting outside for us. And he brought money. He brought money, man. Elijah up there, you know, you know, the government peanut butter a little rough now. That thing. That jelly. I don't know if you like grape, but I prefer strawberry. Come on, say amen. He got a glass of milk on the side. Amen. Put that thing. And then Elisha said, uh, what'd he say again? He said, uh, name is out. He said, uh, uh, go tell Naaman to go dip in uh, the Jordan River seven times. Hold on. Naaman, Naaman, let me just clarify. Uh, Elisha, let me clarify what I say. Okay, there's a rich guy outside. He, he, did I say he was rich? He's rich, he's powerful. Naaman, if you could just go out and just acknowledge that he's here. Pray over him. We can get paid. We can come out, out of the projects. I'm not saying we got to go big time. We don't got to go, you know, MTV Cribs, but at least, at least we can get out of the projects. Like, Naaman's like, uh, tell that man to go wash seven times. Now, his, his servant knew he was serious, and he's, he said, all right, so he, now watch this, y'all. This is, I love this right here. So he steps out of the project, closes the screen door that doesn't really lock. Uh, <laughs> amen. So he closed it, you know, it closed like four times when it closed, boom, 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 boom. So he looks at, he said, uh, uh, you know, please forgive me, you know, uh, Elisha, you know, he, sometimes he gets in these situations where, you know, anyway, what he's saying that you need to do is, uh, you need to go wash in the Jordan River. Excuse me? Uh, the text actually says, he says this, he says, uh, I've got, I've got rivers in my backyard. <laughs> I like that right there. He's like, I came a thousand miles for this Jack Leg project living preacher to tell me to go wash in the dirty, muddy, algae infested Jordan River. The Bible says he did what most of us are doing right now. He says, uh, he says uh, uh, it don't take all that. Let's roll. I'm out. I'll find somebody to pay my way out of this situation. The Bible says as he's packing up his stuff, watch this, y'all. As he's packing up his stuff, as he's packing up his stuff, only one person in his entourage of 100 said, hold on, Naaman. Permission to speak. 
I could die on this right here, but you here now. If he asked you to do something great, you would have done it. All, he ain't asking too much, and you're dying anyway. Do you see that? Do you not see that you lost an ear, that you lost a finger, that your hand is almost about to fall off? Do you not see that we had to wheelchair you here? I mean, permission to speak, permission granted. I'm just basically saying, man, humble yourself. Just see what will happen. The girl told you you didn't come all the way over here to maintain your image. You didn't come out to this tent simply because you wanted to remain where you are. Naaman, you came all the way here because you need something that you don't have the answers to. And I can see his friend getting a little swag now. See, when the Holy Ghost get on you, sometimes you get so confident you don't care who you're talking to. Oh, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. We were down, we were down, Mike. We were down there in the hood the other day. I ain't know, I ain't from the hood. I like I tell people all the time. That's why people respect me. Because I'm not lying telling them that I am from the hood. I'm not, but the hood did grow up in my house. I'll tell you about that later. So anyway, we went down there and we was talking to the brothers. I mean, and the brothers, you know, they were there, man. They were like there and they said some stuff. And man, the Holy Ghost just came on me. And I just like tell them like it is. And one of the things I discovered, and some of you have been there, is like when the God, when God is in your life and you are standing for principle. When you are standing for something that matters. You stop caring. You stop caring what people can do to you. That's your job. You ain't going to cheat no more. You're not going to lie for your boss no more. You, you get, I'm tired of this. I feel something inside of me. Here's the bottom line. Naaman, you are wrong. You need to humble yourself. Take your leprosy behind over there and do what the man of God told you to do. Now he's waiting to die. Naaman's like, you're right. The Bible says that he goes over there. Watch this, y'all. He takes off one layer, takes off the next layer, needs help for the other layers, and they help him into this dirty, nasty, stinky water. Do y'all see what happened? Naaman started up here wanting to be healed, but God had to take him. Hey. Let me say it like this. Your healing is in your humility. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's the word right there. That's all I got today. You have not changed because you're too proud. You're so scared that you will be sitting in a chair like this. You will say, You won't even move out of the chair. Walk up here in front of everybody because you're so worried that they're going to think you're a big sinner. Take off your clothes. Let me see your leprosy. Take it off. We all got it on anyway. Any lepers in here today? Anybody got problems in here today? Can I go real? Anybody was on drugs, God set you free from drugs, and you ain't scared to talk about it. And you know if you raise your hand, you might set somebody else free. And let me make it real. I'm talking about crack cocaine. Don't play me. I'm not talking about marijuana. I want to know, has there been anybody here on some hard stuff? God set you free. Put your hand in the air and let them know that the devil is a liar. Talk to me. Is there anybody in here? You're not ashamed. You're not ashamed. Uh, You used to sleep around. 
You, oh, come on in here, somebody. After, oh, I'm only going to get a few on this. I need you to help somebody. You used to be wild. Come on, say it. When they saw you, they said, party over here. Party over here. But because of the kindness of God, God brought you out. If you're not ashamed to admit that I do have a past, but I've got a future in Jesus, and I ain't scared of y'all no more. Throw your hands in the air. Any fighters in here that you will you bust anybody in the mouth that says something crazy to you. You, your anger, your temper was out of control. But you don't mind taking off your clothes right now and saying, yes, God has set me free. Any folk in here that had anger problems and God frees you, throw your hands up and say, thank God. Whatever it is, all of us got something, but our healing is in our humility. You got to get low, man. So the Bible says he goes down one time. He comes up. Devil's like, told you. Told you if you got baptized that you was going to go back and do what you was doing before. Well, how many know you got to stay with that thing, whatever it takes? Hey, let me say to you like my friend Ronnie Vandenhorst says, to get what you never got, you got to do what you've never done. Some of y'all ain't, I told you, you like the idea of change. I love what you're saying, Pastor, but I just don't know about all that, you know, having to get baptized and having to give my life to the Lord and having to join a church. I'm good on that. I don't want people to think that I'm as bad as I am. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The reason why our whole theme is grace to Euclid is because we feel as a church that one of the biggest problems in the world is not the world, it's the church. And the church has made people feel like you got to be a certain way in order to be a member. And so what that has done is that's kept people from out of the church, that's caused people to leave the church because they somehow feel that they've got to be a certain way in order for God to love them. But guess what? I'm a pastor and I know everybody's business. I'm going to tell you right now, ain't nobody in here holy. Ain't nobody in here holy for real, for real. If they are holy, it's because he's holy. If I'm holy, it's because he's been faithful. If I've done anything right, one of the first memory verses my mother ever taught me is that every good and perfect gift comes from God. She wanted me to be clear at an early age, if you do anything good, if anything special happens in your life, I feel you, Andre Crouch, everything that I have, all that I give, to God be the glory. Great things he has done. Anybody in here know right now that your life is a testimony. It's a journey of where God not only brought you from, but where God is bringing you to right now. Will you not worship him? And glorify him if you know that your latter days will be greater than your former days. Somebody say, yeah. No, watch this. He goes down two times. Boom. No change. He says, I'll go at least three. Goes down three. Nothing changes. Four times. Nothing. Five. Nothing. Six. I know at that point. Come on now, be honest. If you got to six and you ain't seen nothing gradual at least. Matter of fact, he dipped six times. His arm fell off. I don't know. It ain't in the text. I can see it happening though. That's what God, that's what God does though. God will bring you to the very nth degree. He'll take you to the edge. And he will give you no indication that he is about to move. But when you obey what he says... Okay. When, you, when you go down the seventh time, 
I can hear Satan saying to him, see, I told you, you wasted your time. Anybody ever been there before where he all in your head, he talking you out of it, and, and, and maybe maybe Elisha, uh, Naaman was having second thoughts, but bless your heart, he said, I'm here now. He says, I got no other option. Oh, I'm feeling somebody. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Anybody there right now, you got no, you got no other choice. How many are at a place right now where, it, 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 listen, I can't fix it. I need somebody greater than me to come in and fix it. I, 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 if I run, I stay the same. But at least if I give God a try, I might have the possibility that something can happen in my life. The Bible says that this time he went down for the seventh time. And, and, and uh, see, this ain't in the text, but the song says, Eleanor Wright, y'all don't know who she is. But she said, Naaman, the leper went down into the Jordan seven times, and he came up shouting, my Lord, I've seen a change. If you don't know what a leopard is, I want you to lend an ear. Open the pages of your mind, and I'll paint a picture there. Scars all over Naaman's body, hanging from limb to limb. He'd seen many a doctor, but there was no hope for him. And one day, a little servant girl said, Master, good news. I like this part. I know somebody who knows somebody who knows what to do for you. Y'all know that song? Y'all don't know that? The song says, he went down for the first time, started to go back home. Y'all don't remember that? Keep going, huh? I don't know the words. All I know is this, that when he got up the seventh time, the Bible says that where there were scars, there now was skin. Where there was disease, there now was deliverance. Unhealthiness that now was healing when you obey God. That's what I came to tell you. When God speaks a word in your life, six won't do. You gotta obey the word of the Lord. The Bible says to obey is better than sacrifice. We gotta learn to do what God says. Get out of here. All right, so watch this. Right now, right now, right now, right now. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Here's, here's my appeal. I, 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 I want to make it easy. I want to make it comfortable. But when I, as I was reading the text, Elisha did not make things easy for Naaman because the thing that Naaman, hear me, don't miss this, y'all. Please, everybody, outside the tent, everybody, hear what I'm about to say now. The, reads, the, the thing that Naaman needed healing from was not leprosy, it was his pride. Why, pastor, am I where I am? Because God's been speaking to you, telling you what to do, and your pride won't let you. Your pride, your fear, but it ain't God. 
Can I, can I just tell you something now? Jesus is not asking you to humble yourself like he never did. Do you realize that he left heaven? Came down here in the womb of a woman? He lived for 33 years of his life and the people he gained to save, the Bible says he came to his own, his own received him not. He wasn't, he wasn't given a crown of gold, but they put a crown of thorns on his head. He's not asking you to do something he didn't do. He's saying, get low. He said, how did I save you? I saved you on a cross. How, how, did, how did I give you freedom over sin? I went in a grave. He keeps getting lower and lower. But I'm going to tell you this. See, the, the, the natural life is based on living and dying. But the spiritual life is based on dying and living. Somebody has got to be willing to die right now. And I'm not asking you to think about all the rounds. This is where we mess up. What I'm about to make, when I make this altar call, it's not time to think, it's time to obey. You don't have the past hour to think while I've been preaching. God's now telling you to make a move. Is there somebody here today? Somebody here today? You, you need to come down this aisle very much so like Naaman had to leave his house and get in the dirty water. You need to get up and come just because you need to overcome your pride. 